Hi friends, welcome to Moments to Ponder. This is a podcast designed to help you spend a few moments in God's Word wherever you are and take away something to ponder. We live in a loud, busy world that can make it hard to find time to get into God's Word. So I'm grateful you've chosen to spend just a few moments with me to ponder brokenness to brilliance. I'm Betsy Marvin, and this is episode 84. You may have noticed that the movement of this series has been one that mirrors the journey of our spiritual formation. It begins with brokenness. I think we can all agree that we are, or at one time, have been broken. We've had some pieces in our lives, whether it's relational conflict, sinful behaviors, or hurtful experiences that cause us to feel broken. And often these pieces lead to shame, guilt, feelings of inadequacy, and worthlessness. So we try to deal with it by people-pleasing, overachieving, substances, victimizing, or many other things. Our spiritual journey starts here. When we realize that we need something or someone to help us discover our value, to show us how to be whole, to save us from ourselves, it's then we begin to open our hearts to hear from the one who made us and accept his love, to receive his forgiveness and discover the healing he offers. Our hearts were literally designed to seek the fulfillment of the one who created that heart, God. When we allow ourselves to see what he sees, the divinely crafted, priceless creation made in his image, it speaks to our value and worth. And as his creation, he loves us. He loved us before we even knew him. He loved us first. Because of our value in his eyes, because he loves us so much, he offers a way to be free of the guilt and shame that we take on due to our sinfulness or what may have happened to us. In his graciousness, he offered his forgiveness through Jesus. Sin has a price. Jesus came in order to pay that price, and it's a free gift that we can each receive. I spoke of each of these things throughout the first three episodes in this series. Yet, we can know that we're divinely crafted and that we have value. We can receive His grace-filled forgiveness through Christ, and we can know that we are called, which was the previous episode, but we can know all these things and still feel the sense that there's something more. It raises the question, where does the brilliance come from? When do we experience the abundant life that Jesus spoke of? I will say it simply, but it's not easy. The brilliance within you from God comes when you finally take action and literally live into the ordinary obedience of the daily surrender to Jesus. James says it straight up in chapter 1, verse 22. He says, But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. Surrender is an action. 
And as that action begins to permeate your life, living as he tells us to, you'll discover light, freedom, and joy. John says it this way, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. John reminds us of this when he tells of Jesus, saying the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. I have found that surrender opens the door for his brilliant light to shine in. It's in the surrender that we fully experience freedom. But we're human. We have so much drive and independence. We have a need for control within us, and so many of us find it hard to fully surrender our lives. We might know in our minds that holding on to unforgiveness brings bitterness, that holding on to pain brings depression, and holding on to addiction just brings loneliness and loss. We may even know that holding on to Jesus brings life, but it's still hard. Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. But I have found the hardest things to surrender are the ones done against us. If we let the pain go, who will pay the price for it? If we release the anger, how will justice get done? If I forgive, who is going to hold them accountable? Some of us has held on to hurt and injustice for so long that it's become a part of our identity, which then brings the fear of, who will I be if I let this go? So let me say this. When we are releasing our pain, we're placing it in the hands of Jesus, allowing ourselves to be free of it. It's an act of trust. When we allow him to take it from us, it acknowledges that we trust that he is in control and that he is for us. God loves you and I too much to want us to remain chained to these things. He longs for each of us to live into who he made us to be without all that weight holding us down. In the movie Shrek, Donkey says something profound. He says, people are like onions, meaning that you have to peel back the layers in order to see who they really are. I have used this illustration so often when speaking on surrender. The idea that we have to peel things off as we discover more and more about who we are in Christ. I mean, leave it to an animated donkey to speak a truth that just sticks in my head. But as we discover who we are in Christ, we become aware of layers upon us, layers of a lie that we believe or a pain that we need to heal from. These layers have formed over time within us, so we need Jesus with his love and grace to help us pull them back, to reveal who we really are underneath I mean, remember Jesus said, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. That's the goal, to give us a rich and satisfying life. So we need to remove the layers that the thief has put on us 
that would kill and steal or destroy who we are. To give you an idea, what might be a layer that needs to be surrendered in your life? For instance, if you hear yourself thinking, if I don't control it, everything will fall apart. What do they really think of me? Oh, I have to meet everyone's expectations or they'll know I'm not who they think I am. Because what if I'm not enough? This layer has fears. And in that moment, we need to live into Psalm 27.1, which says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? And it helps us remove the layer of fear. Maybe a layer sounds like this. Women can't do that, right? Ugh, look at my past. I can't ever get over that. People like me, they don't get ahead. Oh, if they don't agree with me, they must not like me. No one can do what I do. This is a layer of limiting beliefs. Any one of these things that hold us back because of a weakness or a gender or a position or a pain that tells us that in this weakness, we are limited. But Jesus says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. These layers aren't easy to see and they're not always easy to remove. But one of the hardest layers I find to remove is one that involves a hurt that we need to forgive. It's that feeling of if I forgive them, they won't pay the price I need them to pay. That feeling of victimization that we want to hold on to. But in Psalm 147, it says he heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. Like an onion. The outermost layer is the easiest to see and remove. Yet as we continue, as each layer comes, the light within us will get brighter as we remove one more. It radiates from the center of us where the spirit lives, showing us what layers need to come off. And like chopping an onion, the tears will come. Some of these layers are going to be painful and others are going to be stubborn and some will just fall away. And the closer we are to the center, the tighter the layers are and the harder they are to remove. So let's remember this important thing. We don't remove these layers alone. It is his work in us that provides the wisdom to see what we need to work on the strength to grow in the removal of the lie or the pain, and to allow ourselves to forgive and to love, even when that love is loving ourselves. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. And with each layer we remove, we are surrendering more and more to become like Christ and be free. I recently spoke on the Lord's Prayer. We looked at various phrases within the prayer, and I used parables to help students grasp the concept Jesus was teaching in that portion of his prayer. Now, Jesus begins his prayer in Matthew 6, 9 with these words, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. 
But in verse 10, he says, May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done. These are powerful words. These are the words behind Mary's answer to the angel upon learning of her pregnancy. These are the words Jesus himself would say as he prayed in the garden before his trial and crucifixion. They are not easy, but they are the words of surrender. Surrender is the acknowledgement that we will let God's will be done, placing ourselves in his hands with complete trust that he will work and make things good in his time. Have you ever been a passenger in a car when the person driving isn't that great at driving? They might be distracted, drive too slow or too fast, and because of that, you find yourself getting anxious. It is so hard to not speak up or offer to take over the driving, right? I mean, we like to know that the car is under control when we're driving 70 miles an hour down a highway. I have to admit, yep, that I'm one of these people that have a hard time letting others drive when I'm feeling anxious, whether I'm anxious about being late or stressed out in another area of my life, my husband has learned that I am a really bad side seat driver in those times, so it's easier just to give me the keys. So I've asked myself why. When I'm anxious, I need to be in control of something. And if I'm not controlling the car, then I try to control him. And that doesn't turn out very well. When I'm not anxious... I can easily let others drive while I sit back and enjoy the scenery and conversation. In the same way, it can be hard to allow God to drive our lives. Not because he's not a great driver, but because we aren't really sure we trust where he's going, or we think he's going too slow or too fast, and we aren't sure we can trust his direction or his control. Now, yes, mentally, we know we can trust him, but when it comes to giving over the steering wheel of our lives, we falter. God is gently asking us, will you let me drive even when you're anxious or in pain? Can I drive even when you feel late or you think I'm going the wrong way? If you'll let me drive, I promise to take you where you need to go and you'll get there exactly on time. It's why he says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. When we allow him to lead us, to seek his will in what we do and not depend on what we're thinking, but trust him with all our heart. That's when we can surrender that to him. And in that surrender, amazingly enough, we can rest. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. All those things we carry, they make us tired, right? And Jesus says, just come. He invites us to rest from striving, to rest from holding tightly to bitterness, to let go of control and the heavy burdens that others put on us. He says, be still and know that I am God. 
Jesus continues in Matthew 11. He says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. The yoke of a rabbi was his teaching. Just as a yoke for cattle is something they wear, a rabbi's teaching is something their students wear. And so with Jesus as our rabbi, what does he teach? Well, in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, he says, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. So if that is his teaching, then what is the burden that he gives? I think we see it in Matthew 28, when he says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. His teaching is easy, and the burden is light, and it gets easier and lighter as we surrender and become more like Him. When you surrender the idea that everyone has to agree with you, you discover a freedom to love your neighbor as yourself. When you surrender the belief that what others think of you defines you, you discover the freedom to be yourself. When you surrender allowing the past to hold you prisoner, you stop being controlled by the narrative that you're a victim. When you surrender unforgiveness, you realize how heavy it was to carry and experience a new lightness in your life. In my own journey, surrender has taught me that when I set my worth in Him, I am not threatened by the success of others. In fact, I will celebrate God's work in them. When I allow my pain to be taken by Him, I've learned to lean into the pain of others without needing to one-up their story or even relive my own hurts. I've learned that I can own my past and not be held prisoner by it. And when I allow him to take control, I've learned that I can see the opportunity he brings much more clearly, and I can acknowledge his work. I mean, this is the promise. I am certain that God, who began the good work in you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus comes. This verse promises that good will come, but it also tells us that it's going to take a long time. It is a continual formation process. So, dear one, here is a gift from Jesus. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. May you discover the brilliance of the freedom that comes as you live into the ordinary obedience of daily surrender. May His will be done in your life, bringing light, joy, 
and peace as he fills you with his love, strength, and purpose. You are loved with an everlasting love, drawn by unfailing kindness. Amen. If any of these verses or quotes resonated for you, and you would like to ponder them further, you can find them listed in the Pondering Journal through my link in the show notes. You can also find it along with a full transcript of this episode on my website, BetsyMarvin.com. This is the end of this short series. I look forward to seeing you next time.